Welcome to the Conversion Tracking Playbook, where we share how to overcome tracking challenges that e-commerce brands face today and real-world examples of transforming data into insights. Welcome back to another episode of the Conversion Tracking Playbook. I'm your host, Brad Redding, and I am solo again today talking about conversion tracking for affiliates or for affiliate marketing. That seems really boring just to state that, hey, what are you listening to? I'm listening to a podcast about conversion tracking for affiliates. So uh, thank you if you made it this far in the podcast <laughs> to listen one minute of the way through. But I'm going to share why I felt the need to go into a, a few intricate details and stories about this specific part of our world of tracking. So reason number one is we recently had a customer who had an affiliate that was responsible. For, this was, just was an individual affiliate as part of a overall network. So think Rakuten, Impact, ShareSale, et cetera and then an affiliate that was linked to our customer through that network. So this customer had an individual affiliate who was responsible for hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue per year. They threatened to pull their links. So again, I'm just restating that. We have had a customer, they had an affiliate that was driving traffic to the customer's site through a blog post or potentially multiple blog posts. Those links were driving hundreds of thousands of dollars of revenue for our customer. And that affiliate said, hey, I'm pulling my links unless you fix this. So that's reason number one, which I'm going to go into a little more detail on that story. Number two, the second reason why we're talking about this is just the general stats of the affiliate marketing industry as a whole. So I'm just going to riddle through some stats here. Number one, 81% of advertisers use some form of of affiliate marketing, whether it's true affiliates, ambassadors, influencers, et cetera. The next stat, 65% of affiliate marketers generate traffic by blogging. So this is the, hey, I have a blog article that is comparing TVs or beds or mattresses or whatever it might be, trying to get that organic search traffic and then drive people to uh, the different brands or retail sites. Number three, 74% of U.S. shoppers check multiple affiliate sites before deciding on a purchase. And this is one of those stats where out of that 74%, I would guess 73.9% of shoppers, they don't even, they don't realize they are on an affiliate site. They're just doing their research. They want to, my wife is looking at a piece of furniture and she likes it, but wants to see how it looks in different designs or whatever it might be. So she's going to take that piece of furniture that she's shopping for, put it into a search and look for piece of furniture design examples or furniture with different color palettes or whatever it might be. And then lands on a blog and is reading through different examples. Many times that blog is going to drive traffic to different products or a different brand. But again, that's a pretty high number. 74% of shoppers that are checking affiliate sites before deciding on a purchase. The next stat, 60% of merchants report an annual affiliate marketing revenue of nearly nearly 20%. And then if we just look at the affiliate industry as a whole, the affiliate industry as a whole is responsible for 16% of all online orders. If you just compare that 16% to paid search, paid search is 20%. 
So it's almost on par with paid search. So that alone just tells me this is a critical part of the conversion tracking stack for our customers. And ultimately, this makes sense that there's so much growth in the affiliate industry with iOS rollout and tracking prevention regulations and the increase in customer acquisition costs. It is driving merchants and brands and retailers to really find ways where they're not having to potentially pay out of pocket up front to ultimately acquire new customers. And just in general, the rise of content, people looking for more content, it's a natural way for affiliates to grow as well. So with those stats in mind, Let's go back to the customer story. Why did that affiliate threaten to pull the links in the first place? In short, the affiliate felt they were not getting paid what they deserved. So if we look at how affiliates get paid, they get paid a commission through a sale that they drive to a website. So again, if we use comparison TV shopping, I, I'm the affiliate. I write an article that's comparing all the different TV brands and I'm potentially picking the affiliate that or the brand that I want to drive the most links to saying, hey, this is my choice. Click this link to buy that click the link to buy that drives the user to the brand site to complete a purchase. Me as the affiliate, I'm expecting to get paid a commission since I pulled that traffic in. I essentially convinced them to click the link to go to your website and make that purchase. So that's how affiliates get paid. Probably not news to 99% of people listening to this. So the scenario for this particular customer story, there was the, the comparison site, just like I, I showed. So there were a lot of, there's a lot of traffic coming through this and ultimately it was one of their top two or three affiliates driving, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue per year. So this ended up becoming a problem for the particular brand because affiliates are very smart. They, if they're not making money through commission, they're going out of business. So they, they have their own analysis and their, their own historical trends from either their own tracking that they're doing or what they're getting from the affiliate network. Again, the impact, Rakuten, share sales, et cetera. So they know, hey, if I'm driving 100 clicks to this particular brand website, on average over the last number of years, months, et cetera, I expect 10% or 10 conversions out of those 100 clicks. And that's what they are projecting to get paid commission on. But if that 10 suddenly goes down to five, they start to wonder what the heck's going on. Nothing changed. I can see I'm still getting the same amount of traffic to that page, potentially more. I went from making commissions on 10% of the clicks that I drove, and now everything else is the same, except instead of getting paid on 10% of those clicks, I'm only getting paid on five, 5%, which to them could be tens of thousands of dollars to their bottom line. So if they don't get paid and that problem doesn't get fixed, then they're gonna start to look at other competitors to drive their links. I'm sure just switching around, hey, this is our number one choice for the TV or mattress or whatever it is, and just switch that around to another brand, that's simple for them to do. And it's likely an easy decision if they know making that switch, they'll go back from that 5% up to 10%, which is going to impact their bottom line. These were real, real threats that were happening from the affiliate going to the customer and ultimately coming to us. So it was a very expensive issue for them. And they came to us like, hey, Elevar, we've got to figure this out. We think our tracking is broken. Can you help? The tracking, quote unquote, being broken, the same causes that we're seeing with other channels missing conversions like Facebook and analytics and others, these same 
industry-wide changes where tracking is just no longer a copy and paste and works 100% of the time, that is going to impact, no pun intended, with the Impact Radius affiliate. That's going to impact your affiliate tracking as well. So if Facebook, the old pixel, was only getting 80% of the signals, i.e. the the hits or user behavior, versus 100% or 95% what they used to, it's easy to assume that that could also be the same for your affiliate tracking. And that's not even going into all the other permutations of, okay, is your your checkout embedded on a different site? Or is the checkout happening in a platform like TikTok shopping or Instagram shopping or through upsells or subscriptions, whatever it might be. There's just so many different ways for users to check out today that it's not always just the thank, the quote unquote thank you page that users visit. So that is the story for a customer why they're getting threatened to just have hundreds of thousands of dollars drop instantly and ultimately why they came to us to try to fix. For us, that is where we enter into the world of server-side tracking. Just to give a little bit of context of server-side tracking and especially with affiliates, if we think about attribution software or just UTM tracking, they are relying on unique click IDs appended to a URL. So you go and add in different links to your advertisements across different platforms. You are adding generally UTM, uh, source, medium, campaign, et cetera. And if you're using attribution, you're adding potentially, or they're dynamically adding their unique query parameters to those links as well. The reason why that happens is when they, that link is clicked on, whether it's through an ad or through a link in a blog article, those query parameters are going to be used to ultimately send data back to different systems for attribution. So I'll use an example with us, Elevar. We use HubSpot. If we have advertisements running on Facebook or Google Ads, etc., HubSpot is automatically appending their unique query parameter tracking to the end of all of our ad URLs. And then inside of HubSpot, we could see, oh, okay, we captured 10 new contacts through this particular ad because HubSpot is essentially connecting the click on the ad to a contact created in their database. So this is the same concept that affiliates rely on as well. So you have uh, every platform has their own name of the query parameters. So impact radius is IR click ID and volume, I think is V click ID or something similar. But in any case, they they have their own query parameter, which is essentially very similar to a UTM uh, source medium query parameter. The affiliate that is placing the link on the blog, that link that's going to your website is typically ultimately going to end up a link that is loading up your site that has that query parameter. So mystore.com question mark IR click ID equals one, two, three, four, five. And that ultimately is what's connecting that session for the user back to the affiliate. So customer clicks the link from article, that link has a unique click ID and historically the site-wide tracking script. So there's just that client side tracking script would pick up that value, set it in a cookie. If that user completes a purchase, that value is passed in the conversion script. Again, if we just consider general signal loss or tracking loss, if for 20% of purchases, they end up missing out on that IR click ID value, then that means potentially the, the affiliate partner, so impact or share sale, et cetera, they're missing 20% of conversions that potentially uh, should be attributed back to their affiliate partner. So going back to server-side tracking, how server-side tracking can solve for this and has solved for this is the click ID. So we, we basically remove the script, so there's no more script that has to run on the site. The click ID that ultimately is on the URL when the user clicks the blog article, it goes to the website. That click ID 
is grabbed in this case by uh, our LLVAR data layer. And you grab this, and this can be done custom too. You don't necessarily have to use LLVAR, but in essentially the way it works, you grab that click ID, and then you, one way to do this is attach this back to the Shopify quote unquote session. So the Shopify session, every user that goes to a Shopify site, if you just load up the homepage and then add a slash cart.js, you'll see that is essentially your session or connection to Shopify. So you can add and push different data into this. And if you are an LOR customer, you likely see this in the order notes when a transaction happens. You'll see any of the attribution or query parameters that came from that user session, they are automatically added to that user session. And then if they place an order, they ultimately turn into order notes that you can see and then are connected to different server-side destinations. So we grab the click ID, you set it on that Shopify user session, if they place an order, it exists on the order as an order note. And at that point, the server-side tracking for conversions being sent to the different affiliate platform happens through a webhook. So it's all server to server. So translate webhook from Shopify server to affiliate server. And that order is sent and contains the click ID and gets the brand back from 80% of tracking to 100%. So the affiliate's happy, the affiliate platform is happy, and the brand is happy. Everyone's happy in this case. So that is, in a nutshell, uh, the why conversion tracking is critical for affiliate marketing. So some options for you to implement. Number one, some affiliates have their own apps that you can install. There are so many affiliate platforms out there today. And I will say, if we compare channels like Facebook, Snapchat, Pinterest, Google Ads, et cetera, and then compare them to affiliates like the Impact and Rakuten and Volumes and Share Sales, et cetera. Almost all affiliates, they have a proper API to receive conversion events where the bigger marketing uh, stacks or players, some of them aren't necessarily ready to receive that data. Option number two, if the affiliate doesn't have their own app, you could look at using Zapier, you'd have to figure out the way to grab that click ID, get it to Zapier and then connect it. But that can be an option to look at as well if you have technical assistance on the team. Option number three, you could use a service like Elevar. So we have integrations for Impact Radius, ShareSale, Volume, and others. And essentially it works exactly how I explained. The click ID is grabbed, added to the order, uh, the order notes, and then the webhook sends it off to the affiliate platform, or you can develop your own custom app as well. So that's, that's obviously an option if you have a development team. Depending on the path you choose out of those four options or potentially others, just be sure that you work with your affiliate account manager so they know about the change in tracking that you're going through. I don't know if there's things that they need to switch on their side, but in our experience, typically they'll need to go through and validate, hey, everything's good. We are receiving events to the conversion API, and then they'll give you a thumbs up when all is good. So in general, when server-side tracking is done right and your affiliate tracking is done right, you shouldn't need to monitor or worry about the integration going down unless there is a change introduced by your affiliate channel, which they'll let you know and give you a heads up if there's any changes required. So that is all that I have around the exciting topic of affiliate tracking and conversion tracking for affiliate marketing. I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions, give me a shout. Otherwise, I will see you on our next episode. Did you enjoy today's episode? 
If so, we release two new episodes per week. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else that you subscribe and listen to your podcasts. I also have a favor to ask. I'd really appreciate if you could leave a comment or review so I can learn exactly how to improve future episodes for you. And last but not least, if you want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn by searching Brad Redding at Elevar. That's E-L-E-V-A-R. Or you can DM me on Twitter. My handle is I am Brad Redding. I look forward to connecting with you. Thanks again. Thanks again.